0: Is that? Satoshi
1: Nakamoto, peace. He wrote him on tight. Don't talk Uh.
0: Ordnose, 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 hard nos, Ordnose, nos, Ordnose, 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 I'ma make history, baby. Oh. Got low scripts my baby. Nah. You think you bother, but you ain't describing. That sound like a miss to me, baby.
2: It ain't a mystery dog, I wait to risk the reward All of pixels is dropping, the big one is popping, Satoshi's galore Sub 10k, sub 100k, you ain't
3: got
0: none of them It's gonna be a long day, it's gonna be a long night Might be a long flight, if I see
2: SB, if it then it's on site I'ma put it on Toshi I'ma put it on nothing They just put it on testament, what? we gon put it on block. yeah yeah we doing it properly. Yeah. shout out to you woo. shout out to everyone that's grabbing on a computer Roll to a million uh or nothing or nothing or nothing or nothing or
0: nothing shout out
4: Ordinal faces, pod bones, Archie, Monkey, Danny. Fred, CK, D God, I see you. Billy, what's up? Ordinal shots,
0: Bitcoin shrews, pixel pepes. It's too many to name it. I'm out. Yeah.
3: Good morning, Ordnalers. That's right. You're here at the Ordinal Show. I'm Trevor.BTC, managing partner at Stacks Ventures and CEO of Ninja Alerts. I'm here with my co-host, Jan, Builder at Xverse, and host of the Builders Podcast as well as the king of NFT Sparta himself, Leonidas, the man whose name is synonymous with NFT history, Twitter Spaces host, and NFT history wiki creator. We're here to talk about Bitcoin ordinals with some of the smartest people in the space. We host this show Monday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Eastern and Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Eastern to hit all the time zones and spread the good word about this new movement of art, culture, media trading tools, and new kinds of digital assets being built on Bitcoin Layer 1. Ordinals what? For those of you just tuning in for the first time, ordinals and inscriptions are a new kind of on-chain, non-fungible token first created on Bitcoin. An ordinal is just a piece of Bitcoin, a satoshi that's had a file inscribed to it. Literally, the media is uploaded and stored on the Bitcoin blockchain. These ordinals are fractions of Bitcoins and work just like Bitcoins. They don't require any smart contracts like you need on Ethereum. They're simple, elegant, and powerful. But more important than this technology is the cultural change that we're seeing on Bitcoin. Developers are pouring in and innovation is accelerating. And that's what we're here to talk about. With that, let's introduce our guests. Of course, we have Adam McBride, co-founder and CEO of Emblem Vault. We've got Patrick Stanley, CEO of OneBTC. Billy Resty, creator of Ordinal Shards. We've got Dogfather, a buff of historical NFTs who's been on the show before. We've got Danny Deasy. The creator of Astral Babes, as well as the first person to create that client side minting and inscribing. We've got Rare Skrilla here, a musician and one of the OG counterparty Bitcoin NFT community members. We've got Albert Li Yang, the CEO of the Bitcoin Startup Lab. We've got Charlie Spears, a Bitcoin accelerationist and part of the Ordinal's open source project team. And we've got many more people coming up to the stage throughout the show. I'm excited to be here. Don't forget to follow Bitcoin, the Bitcoin Ordinal Show on Twitter at The Ordinal Show. Subscribe to our Substack newsletter, link in bio. We post weekly recaps in the newsletter and RCP links for future shows so you never miss what's happening in the ordinal space. With that, I'm going to turn over to Leonidas to kick things off.
5: GM, everybody, we're going to kick off with the not surprising first segment of the 12-fold auction. Okay, so lots has happened in the last 24 hours. Specifically, the auction has kicked off, so you got kicked this auction off. And it's actually just going to run for 24 hours and ends in about seven hours. So everyone's kind of just waiting to see like these auctions usually are pretty slow right up until the last few minutes. So it'll be interesting to see like if people are rushing in. I don't know, like there could be some kind of weird gas war or something to get in on this last block. It'll be certainly interesting. The floor right now, maybe floor is not the right term. The top 288 bids right now, the lowest is 0.111 Bitcoin the highest is two Bitcoin. So right now, that is the spread of the purchases for these 300 generative art pieces that Yuga Labs is auctioning off right now. In the more recent news, even than this, Casey Rottenmore, the founder of Ordinals last night, sent out a very lovely tweet that certainly got some interesting conversations going. I'm just going to read that. I think that's probably where we're going to kick off the conversation. I know a lot of people have had interesting takes here. And to be honest, I think just to preface this, like there's some maybe strong language being used here and Casey is a bit of a troll. So just be bracing for that. But yeah, I mean, in general, I think there's an interesting conversation to be had. And regardless of the strong language, it does, it creates an interesting conversation that I think we should definitely have up here for the first part of this show. So Casey Rodmore tweeted at 9.48 p.m. Eastern time last night, dear Yuga Labs, very ordinarily is right. Actions like this prove that for some entities and people, once a shitcoiner, always a shitcoiner. If I personally, Casey Rodemore, ever see you, Yuga Labs, the entity, fuck around with degenerate bullshit like this again, I will wash my hands of you forever and encourage others, including those close to me, to do the same. Get fucked, you highly regarded morons, Casey Rodemore. And this was a quote tweet of a tweet by ordinally saying, Yuga is establishing really bad precedent running an auction like this. They are taking custody of bidders Bitcoin with a promise to send back unsuccessful bids. Not doubting they'll do that. But this model is a scammer's dream. credible players need to set better examples. OK, that was the tweet. Anybody have a hot take? Dogefather, I haven't heard from you about this. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, my
4: thoughts completely unrelated to the trust thing and the like. I'm a finance professional and just looking at the auction mechanism, I was really surprised because typically you have something we call in the finance world, like a book building auction, where you don't take the market clearing price, which would would be the 0.11 BTC at the moment. But you would even take a lower price of and oversubscribe the whole thing just in order to have a nice secondary market development. What Yuga is doing is not even taking the market clearing price. No, they take all the bits, even up to 2 BTC, and extract the whole value. And this is a big difference because whether you charge the people 0.11 BTC or you extract everything, so even the 2 BTC at the top, this is just a big difference, right? So that was very surprising to me on top of the poor website and uh, not being trustworthy and all what was already mentioned.
5: Yeah, it's a definitely an interesting point. And I think basically in the frequently asked questions, you got addressed it by just saying that the top bid is going to get the number one piece. And then you'll basically be getting the lower ID piece. I don't know if that correlates to any sort of rarity. That is maybe... I would guess that's you guys answer to it. You're being rewarded with a lower ID piece. I don't, whether that ends up being two Bitcoin to 1.1 one, 0.1 Bitcoin spread being valuable, I don't know. We don't know where this ends up, but yeah, it's certainly interesting and the highly efficient market with the first bid and the lowest bid would probably be pretty similar, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And it depends on how many people end up participating in this and how much liquidity is interested in this auction to make that super efficient market. Adam.
6: Yeah, it's funny. I, I don't think any of us disagree with with the idea behind Casey's sentiment. I think a lot of his even tweeted out like, hey, maybe this is like a better, there are obviously better ways to do this than a trust me bro method, right? So I don't think any of us are in disagreement with Casey, but I do feel like Casey is in this position of leadership right now and he needs to really get maybe a little bit away from this Just complete trolling aspect. I mean, obviously it's bringing him a lot of interest and and keeping the interest level high for his account and stuff like that, which, like, I get it. I understand that as well. And maybe he's a super genius. And a year from now, everybody will be like, wow, he really worked this to the hilt and was able to grow his personal brand around it. But at the same time, I think the discussion can happen without just the pure trolling nature of the way he's doing it. Just that's sort of. At that sort of level which look he's the leader of ordinals whether he likes it or not and at that sort of level you can be humane and be a decent person you don't need to be have this sort of level of, of malice in my view
5: i will correct you on one statement there in a highly regarded third party study udi was ranked higher in influence on the ordinal's ecosystem than casey rottermore himself with that I want to go to Udi. Wait, did he fund that
6: study? I believe he might have funded it. There may or may study. not be someone.
5: <laughs>
3: of course, he who did. Yeah, might know who
5: may have sent that tweet out. We're gonna go over to Udi.
2: Yeah, so I didn't like the tweet. No, I wouldn't use words like malice and whatever. I don't look. I don't personally know Casey. I don't. I don't know where this is coming from. Maybe there's background we don't know, and I think. Also, just from my personal experience, I can tell you when a Twitter account grows from being small to suddenly having a lot of eyes on it, it takes a while to adjust and understand how people perceive the things you say differently. So I wouldn't, I don't think there's any like bad intention here, but also that's not how I would handle this. Yeah, there's, there is this, there's this this issue of, of having this leadership position where you want to set the tone and you want to clarify the values that are important to you and you want to help set a path for the way things go. And I think that's important. I think I would be happy if that's something that Casey does and continues to do. I think he has the right values too. But I just think this tweet is counterproductive to what I believe he's trying to do. Like I think that uh, because you look at it... Sure, we know that he's a passionate guy, but I think most people look at it and it just looks like, okay, this guy just woke up and decided to spread some hate today, which is probably not the case, but that's what it reads on a quick.
5: And unfortunately, that's the troll that like 95% of people are probably going to read that. then Perceive it as if this space is like a pretty maybe disrespectful space to one another, which I really like. Obviously, that's not the case. I think there's a very welcoming culture. You're making really good points as a project founder. I'm sure you've evaluated different mechanisms for releasing a large supply project like this. It's certainly not trivial. What are your thoughts on the just basically the decision? Like the critique is that they took this decision to accept the Bitcoin and basically be this like centralized entity that accepts bitcoin and you have to trust them that they're going to return the bitcoin to the bidders who didn't make the top 288 bids. What's your thoughts on that? We're very early in this space. I mean, is it reasonable for them to have made this kind of trade-off right now? Where is the tech at as far as doing some sort of trustless auction? Yeah, what are your thoughts there,
2: Wee? So we looked obviously, we looked into many ways to doing different forms of distribution and Early on, we looked into an option of doing an auction as well. And look, I think people tend to forget very quickly. A week ago, two weeks ago, we used to do auctions on spreadsheets and on Discord servers. honestly, not just two weeks ago, it's still happening today. And the way that it works, people who might have not tried Ordinals before, which is probably a lot of people, <laughs> probably don't know how it actually works right now. But usually you go to a Discord server and someone puts, puts like an auction bot in the Discord server. That bot knows nothing about Bitcoin. It does not accept or send Bitcoin deposits or transactions or whatsoever. You've got people who just click the button to say, I want to bid a higher price. And their bid is registered, but they do not back it with any actual financial commitment, unlike the way that bids work on Ethereum. And then what ends up happening is that when someone wins a bid oftentimes they will just not pay up. They win it because they they announced like a high price, but then when they win, they just fail to pay. And then the the person running the auction has to run down the list of bids until they found someone that actually pays. And that's not fair to, definitely not to the creator. It's even more unfair to the people who are bidding because it creates like fake bids. So it's not a good way to do it. (laughs) And it's the way we've done it because we didn't have a better way, but it's not a good way. So Yugo looked at that they said, okay, this is not a reasonable way to make to do a big auction. You can maybe do it with a bunch of friends, but this is not a reasonable way to do an auction. And because Bitcoin doesn't have smart contracts, doesn't have the tooling that Ethereum already has, so they had to figure out some compromise. And I think that the compromise they figure out is pretty reasonable. I think that if anyone was going to do an auction on Bitcoin ordinal no, at this current point in time right now today... I think in their position, if it was supposed to be a big auction for a lot of people who are new, then I think they would end up with a design similar to that. But there are still some issues, but I think that they would end up with a that design that's fairly similar to what they end up with. <laughs> the thing that, like, there are alternatives, there are ways to do it that are more kind of self custodial. There's cool stuff with PSBTs that you could try to adapt to auctions. But the thing is, the tooling isn't there. It needs to be built. That takes time. It doesn't have to take years. I think it could take weeks, but it still takes time. And if you want to do the auction today, it's not ready for it. But there's the issue that people like to forget, like us nerds, we like to forget that there's a thing called user experience. And if you're going to make an auction that is supposed to be available for a large audience of people, remember many of them have never tried ordinals before. Many of them have never tried Ethereum, Bitcoin before. They're, they're Ethereum people, they've never tried Bitcoin. They've never did the single Bitcoin transaction, right? Like the audience for Yuga auctions, many of them never tried Bitcoin. So you gotta build something that is safe for them to use considering the constraints of today, not of a month from now, but today. And I, it's very hard for me to see how they would do some PSBT self-custody thing that is safe for people to use who never tried Bitcoin before. Because you need, look, people are saying things like, oh, just use Spare Wallet and copy the transaction hicks from Spare Wallet and paste it into the web wallet and then paste it back. And bro, no, <laughs> that's not, you're going to, people are going to make mistakes and they're going to lose money if they try to do that in the in, in stress of trying to win an auction. Like this is not the time for those kind of things. You can do that with a small project that is a small experiment from a small team for, we want that. I hope that small teams do that and we can all learn from that. But you can't do that like on prime time on a production auction for that that you know we hope that a lot of people are going to participate in because they'll lose money. It ends up being the riskier approach that people will get hurt more. So I think we have to think of all of the angles here. I think that the auction that they picked is not that terrible. It obviously has drawbacks, but it's I think it's reasonable considering the situation we're in. You hit on so many excellent points there,
5: booty. I couldn't have really asked for a better answer there. Trevor, what are your kind of takes here?
2: I
3: agree with Udi. I don't think it's that bad of a situation. I mean, honestly, if you don't like it, then don't participate in the auction as straightforward it can be. I think it's reasonable considering the time constraint. I think it's reasonable considering the level of technology. People are saying like, oh, why don't they just like fund a team to build this stuff or spend a couple of weeks to evaluate it? Listen, that's going to take a lot of time and that's also going to be expensive. There's risks involved. They picked the lowest risk, fastest time to market approach here. And I think that's perfectly reasonable. On the other hand, listen, I'm trying to. I'm willing to give Casey the benefit of the doubt here. I don't totally fault him for it. I mean, what he was tweeting this at 8 or after midnight San Francisco time. I think that he, I think it definitely was not good. I definitely think that he shouldn't say that. And I think it's not good for someone who's fostering a community of open source and development. And we're trying to bring people into this. We're trying to bring people to Bitcoin. I mean, the trolling is good within reason if it's like not, over the line. And I think that can bring more excitement, more attention. It's funny. But I think he went too far in this case. At the same time, I know he's under a lot of pressure. He's probably coding until seven in the morning. I mean, he's joined some other Twitter spaces at seven in the morning. I'm sure he's on a lot of coffee. I'm sure he's on a lot of tobacco. He was like doing a little dance on his TikTok video. So I would give him the benefit of the doubt that like right now he's in a weird state of mind. It's very hard for people to deal with an avalanche of like fame and. I'm sure that some of the, this is like the residue of like him not being totally comfortable with the Ethereum community and sort of living in that Bitcoin maxi world, which is now former, the former toxic maxi world that's now dead. He's He has a little bit of residue from that. And so, listen, I understand where it's coming from. I think he went too far, but I'm also willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that it was not his intention and that he will potentially become more reasonable going forward. And ultimately I think it's up to the community, like us to be, to say, Hey, like this is not cool. In case we love you, we shouldn't like take things that far. It's one thing to have an intellectual discussion based on actual arguments. I think we should try to keep the community focused on that without going to ad hominem.
5: So Scarcity, you guys have been running an auction house on Bitcoin for a very long time. You're obviously a very trusted name in the like Rare Pepe, Spells of Genesis counterparty communities. And you guys do operate on a bit of a trusted model. Could you chime in here and just maybe give the perspective of someone who's put a massive amount of thought into architecting a solution that the community has been really happy with for a
7: very long time? Look, we've been banging our heads against the walls for the past two years trying to figure out the best way to do auctions. It's a really tricky thing. Like You're trying to square really three big variables. So first of all, the auction has to have integrity meaning that it can't be easily gamed. Second, you have to keep bidders accountable. Like the winning bidder, there has to be a way to keep them accountable for paying their full bid. And as Udi mentioned, user experience is really important too. You have to bring as many bidders to the auction as possible in order to have efficient price discovery. So this is really hard in any environment. And honestly, I don't think it's been solved in the Ethereum ecosystem either. There's a lot of ways to spoof high bids In these Ethereum auctions, you're sending on-chain transactions for each bid, which in Ethereum can be really expensive, which is a terrible user experience, especially if you don't win the auction. So the way we've approached it at Scarcity is what we do is we minimally collateralize auction bids. So to bid on something, you're just putting down like 1% of your bid. And if you put down 0.01 BTC, you unlock maximum bids. And this works 99% of the time. Nobody wants to lose their SATs, especially if you have SATs, right? It's this like risk aversion principle, and it works really well in an auction environment. So it is, we are trusted. We're, we are taking custody of these funds, but it's a minimal amount of funds. And of course, we want to move away from being trusted custodial at some point, but as everyone's realizing going through the mental gymnastics here, like that's not an easy thing to do on Bitcoin yet. I am very hopeful with all of the infrastructure development happening with Ordinals PSBTs that soon it will be, and we'll certainly be early adopters of that. So uh, hopefully that's some perspective of, yeah, big challenges here, but also, yes, better ways to do it.
5: Yeah, your perspective here is really solid, and, Yeah, I mean, this is what you're describing is the solution that a lot of solutions end up taking, a lot of products end up taking, which is we're going to start out maybe a bit more centralized, build something that people actually want to use, and then move towards the decentralized, go down a path towards decentralization, as the technology gets developed, and we're able to do that, rather than just jumping straight to something crazy that maybe results in a long time of not actually having a product out there. And I think it's easy to forget that two or three weeks ago, we were all just in spreadsheets and then these like amazing marketplaces and wallets and this whole ecosystem popped up. So now the expectations have changed. And apparently we're expecting when a creator decides to drop, they have to architect an auction solution as well that's trustless. So, yeah, I mean, these are I think it's good to hold high standard. And I do think Casey is just a founder essentially trying to set the culture and trying to set a high standard. I genuinely believe that's what he's doing. And I just, I think he likes to have fun. He's 100% doing it in a trolling manner. I can assure you that. I don't think he like actually hates Yuga or something like that. I think he just genuinely loves to troll when he makes his points. It certainly gets people talking, obviously. So yeah, really, really solid perspective there. Billy.
1: And that's why I feel like every day we get to know Casey a little bit better. And that's why he was not ranked number one on my influencer list. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He's very emotional. He is number one on my troll list, but you love him, hate him. I think he's good for the space. You could tell he really cares and he wants to do things right. And he wants to start fundamentally the best layer to build on, which is the Bitcoin ethos. So I will take the polarizing viewpoint and maybe speak for some people who aren't here but it's absolutely unacceptable to s- start a precedent that others may copy where you're essentially taking people's money with the promise to return that could work for yuga but setting that precedent i think can be dangerous and it's probably driving a lot of bitcoiners crazy that you're literally trusting someone to send your money back And obviously, we've been doing tons of over-the-counter stuff, Trust Me Bro, and discords. And that's what we have. And what I would say to those devs who are really attacking this hard, build something, help them. Build it, and they will come. And I think it's all about trending in the right direction, trending towards these trustless marketplaces, these wallets. We can debate this till the cows come home, but really, that's what's available right now. That's what they used. I think it works for Yuga. They've literally done nothing but build value and return value to their holders. So yeah, I think Casey, he's a troublemaker. I love it. He is a hardcore Bitcoiner. I've heard him call Stacks a shitcoin. So he does have some pretty out there views. And like someone was saying the other night, and I believe he is the creator of the Ordinal Theory and Protocol. The space has moved past him in a way. Love you, Casey. Keep building. I think there's going to be a lot of amazing stuff built. I'm excited to hear what people are dropping this week because every week we have a bang at so i'm here for it
5: my whole thing is like just it's like the timing around it like in my this is just my take here but i would have liked it if maybe a few days ago when the announcement was made of how this auction's going to happen i would have liked casey to do it maybe like voice his opinion then just sure. because it's like once the auction started it's too late right it's literally over so i don't know like the, it, it totally overshadowed like the artists of the drop put up this awesome thread. They're doing some really like thoughtful stuff around inscribing on specific sats. And you can just tell there's a lot of thought put into it. And this kind of thing just like overshadows that. And it like puts the damper on the auction. And obviously there's nothing that can be done. I don't know. Like the precedent, in my opinion would have been to tweet, Hey, like Yuga labs. I would love to advise you on this and maybe tweet that out two weeks ago. But he was already dunking on yugo Labs in tweets then, so it's, I don't know, it's like you, you have to open a line of communication if you want, if he really wanted yugo Labs to do a trustless swap, and maybe, maybe he did communicate, I don't know, but certainly a tweet saying, hey, I would love to advise on some interesting new tech that's coming out that could potentially be helpful for this drop, rather than just like tweeting out, I think he tweeted out bend the knee in all caps, like again, <laughs> hilarious, it's funny, I retweeted it. But it's like, I just don't know if that's the most productive way, like open warfare on Twitter, again, highly entertaining, it probably got us more people listening to the space today. I'm not sure if that is the optimal way to communicate in like a, just let's get shit done the way we want to perspective.
8: I am part of the Ordinals Project team, I'm just one person, and I don't speak for everybody, but... I will say, I do think there was a lot of speculation about what does Casey mean? Does he did he or did he not mean this? I think I could probably say that I think he actually does mean a lot of that. And I think he's speaking from the heart. Contextualize, guys. Like, if you're up on the space, we're all, like, terminally online, degenerate people. And that's not just how everyone works. Some people, Casey in particular tend to go offline for the weekend and so we anticipate people to have timely totally cognizant responses having considered every single possible tweet out there and i think that the ordinals team if you looked at i would point everybody to the kind of principles they posted last week identifying kind of the spirit of the open source project and they and i endorse this this statement very principled i think it's been 40 days and this kind of zeitgeist of anti-bitcoin maximalism or specifically anti-toxic bitcoin maximalism has gone pretty far and a lot of people have imparted a lot of things on top of it saying oh we're going to do away with it i for one am glad that we're bringing some fresh perspectives but i will say that a lot of the core principles of bitcoin need to be remembered and one of those is extreme adherence to principled and trustlessness so i think i think this story's not over yet we'll see a lot of more comments remember that there's a lot of voices and i would just encourage everyone to to just this is a 40 day old ecosystem I think, personally, I had tweeted one of my first takes on Yuga was I was confused and curious about their specific auction process. Mine was specifically about the timing of it, and I was a little bit confused. Yuga announced like seven days ago, right? So it would have been trivial, I think, to wait a little bit longer, be a little more patient, and perhaps demonstrate, by example, building out some tooling. I'm certain Yuga has plenty of dollars to deploy towards helping build out the ecosystem. You make some great points there. I'll just give a slight counterpoint, then
5: hand it to Udi. It's not even a counterpoint, really. It's more of a counterpoint to Casey. It's from everything that I've seen from Yuga up until this point. Like, they could still fuck it up or something. But up until this point, like, they decided, hey, we're going to do this auction on Bitcoin. We're going to denominate in Bitcoin. They wanted to do it, I believe, the best way that they felt they could. And there's basically this kind of slight critique that you can make here. And some people would think it's a very large critique but basically the fact that they're custodying the Bitcoin before sending it back. I'm just comparing that to easily they could have probably made like 10x more money dropping 300 vouchers on OpenSea, like on Ethereum. And they chose to go this route. And to be honest, there is just a lot less liquidity on the Bitcoin side in the Ordinals ecosystem. So I, like, I'm just giving my personal perspective as someone who's going to bid on these later today. It's They're basically rewarding people who have gone through the hoops of setting up these wallets and understanding all this stuff. A lot of people are not going to go through that. And Casey fought this, it's fine. Okay, the auction goes for less and I'll get these cheaper. So I don't know. Like, that's just my take here. Like, I, I really do think Yuga is trying to do the right thing and has the best intentions. And the tech just wasn't mature enough to do some, basically the largest drop is also going to be the one to test out the most, I don't know, untested tech in the whole ordinal space right now. So Udi, go for it
2: two things first i just want to reiterate what i said before about about how i definitely wouldn't use words like like bad intention And stuff like that with regards to Casey's tweet. I think that he's, I think he has strong values and I think he's trying to communicate them. And I think we're better off with those strong values than without them. I just think that the way that it was written is just counterproductive to what I believe are his own goals. Of course, I can't speak for him and maybe I don't understand his goals correctly. But what it seems to me is that this isn't serving his goal. But maybe I'm wrong. I want to, Charlie mentioned this thing about the ethos of Bitcoin, of putting, minimizing trust above it everything else. And I got to say, it is just categorically untrue. This is simply not truly the ethos of Bitcoin. The ethos of Bitcoin, the way that early Bitcoin products were being built, put the first priority for them was practicality, always. And if you look back to the most successful Bitcoin products in the beginning of Bitcoin story, those would be things like Silk Road and things like Satoshi Dice, which was those two things are very often have been named as Bitcoin's earliest killer apps. Satoshi Dice was this gambling application. Silk Road was marketplace for a bunch of illegal substances. And b- both of these have been, in many respects, very trust-based. You would, on Silk Road, you would deposit your Bitcoin. To this trust-based third party, which Silk Road, and you would you would use that in order to buy whatever you wanted to buy on Satoshi Dice. You would send your bet to this centralized party. The centralized party would distribute the winning bets back, like refund the guys who won. They, they actually even refunded people who lost, very similarly to how bids on Yuga worked. They just refunded a smaller amount. So and the thing that both of them tried to do is they tried to be transparent so they couldn't be fully trust minimized but they tried to at least be transparent so that if they if they cheat it would be provable like their users would be able to prove that they were cheated and i think that what you guys are doing is very similar to that all of the bids are publicized if you guys ends up not returning the funds then people will know which Addresses the refunds are supposed to go to. So if the re- if the refunds don't show up there, everybody is going to know. So it's is it perfect? Not at all. But at least it's transparent. And it is. Do you think that over time, it will be possible to make it better? Absolutely. But to say that the the spirit of Bitcoin is to never do anything until it is perfectly decentralized? No, absolutely not. If that was the spirit of Bitcoin, we would not be here. Bitcoin would not exist. And because the first release of Bitcoin was not perfect, and the 10 releases later were not perfect either. And the first biggest products that made Bitcoin put it on the map were not perfect. And even when they stopped existing, their their final state was far from perfect. So if we try to be those perfectionists who do not support any kind of anything until it's fully decentralized and fully self-custodial, we are simply not going to have any type of ecosystem we have to do those first steps that are not great in order to eventually get the steps to the you know state that we want to see we have to there's no other way to do it it is not possible to start from a perfect state so i think this is the problem that i have with the message that that kc put out there because it really reads like hey guys if you're not going to do it perfect just don't do it just go fuck off and that's a terrible message to send it's a really terrible message to send
3: I would just say that I agree with Udi here that that culture that doesn't like culture is not fixed like we are here deciding what the future culture of bitcoin is going to be and the culture of bitcoin is decided by the users and the people who run nodes the people who pay fees but just forget about people who have a toxic bad attitude just move past it. For the people who like work for Yuga are involved in Yuga, et cetera. I think the majority of the people listening are probably on your side. They can see like the point that this is a trusted system. That's up for people to decide how they want to do it. They don't have to participate. But I think like we all here welcome Yuga to be a part of this. We welcome the members of Yuga to be a part of this. We're grateful that they are participating in it. And ultimately, I don't think it's like going to negatively affect Yuga at all. To be honest with you, I think that the people who we're not going to participate in this auction, are not going to participate in it For me, it's like, I'm now like excited. I can bid. If there is any negative impact, like then the, literally it's the opportunity for everybody who wants to bid for those people that are going to be moved and sort of like foolish enough not to participate because of this is a, Yuga has shown it time and time again with the dookie Dash and things like that, that there's demand for their assets and that, People who value what Yuga is doing are going to participate. So I think that in general, the culture is being decided now and it's going back to, like Udi said, a time of practicality, a time of welcoming other people. I applaud Yuga for doing this and we welcome them and I hope that they will realize that the ordinal space is much bigger than any one person and that the future of this is open source and decentralized and we can decide what the culture is going forward.
5: It's bigger than any one person and bigger than any one company. It's, yeah, it's a very decentralized ecosystem of many different participants. And ultimately, I think that is what creates the most healthy environment. I keep coming back to this. The jobs in the Wozniak, you need both of them. Bitcoin has had a lot of Wozniaks for a really long time here. And like the point Udi was making was that it's easy as a developer to say, oh, this is really easy. Theoretically, you just do this. It's so super easy to run a full node, yada. And the reality is you're a super intelligent, like technical person who's got many years of experience in this stuff. And 99.999% of people on earth do not have that. And that's where the jobs comes in and partners with the Wozniak, creates a product, packages all this amazing tech stuff into a product that actually relates to people in the real world and solves problems for them. And that's where... I think it's a little bit naive to just think people who are actually doing the jobs product packaging part, because it's extru- I'm just going to go and tell you right now, it's very easy to set up like a demo and use a command line interface and prove you did something and very hard to package that into a solution that is going to work really well for like my mom. That's the barrier. And I would highly encourage people in the Bitcoin space to recognize this and to partner with the Wozniak, sorry, partner with the jobs or just start thinking, what would jobs do in the back of my head here? Because it's it's almost unacceptable to me that we're years into Bitcoin and people say, educate about full nodes, educate, educate. And like, where is, is there a single startup that's my goal is to make it easy for people to run full nodes. And I got $2 million of in investment and I have six engineers. And all we're doing is talking to users and trying to make it as easy as possible to run full nodes. And here's our website and you click two buttons and now you're running a full node. It's been 14 years that hasn't happened, and I just strongly believe that you need to adjust the culture here a little bit and realize that it's extremely difficult to build product. Patrick, go for it.
0: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, the Yuga thing has been very interesting in that I think a lot of people's reactions have been that of the consumer of Yuga. I was really trying to put myself in their shoes. The hygiene's not good, but they are just running a trial balloon. Like this little project... Like they're basically doing like the MVP to show that they're putting out like a good enough product, like for Bitcoiners. There's like, it's enough Bitcoin aligned where they could get some snags. They're basically like seeing is this a hole worth fishing in? And they're not doing a 10,000 NFT collection here. This is this is a very small collection. They're basically seeing is there a market here? And if there's not a market, maybe they don't fish in those waters. So they want to test that as soon as possible. And they just basically just did the calculus. We're Yuga. We're like yeah, it's gonna. Let, you Udi had a good quote last night he goes if dollars of the Bitcoin and we only get to collect 30 million we'll send back to 270 but at least we got to get a sense of what this market actually looks like so if they, if this was new entrant I could totally understand the sort of ire for the bad hygiene but I think this is just this is just like, probably very intelligent business people trying to expand a market and do it well before others so i actually respect the fact that they're sort of taking that on and just doing the, a trial balloon it's really honestly up to us as to whether us as like the bitcoin community like showing that there is actually a demand for their product and if we want to we can if we don't want to who cares but it's only at this stage in ordinals it's almost like we have more to prove to yuga than yuga does to us and i think that's actually like a an interesting inverted sort of reality that might change five months from now but it's the case now billy
1: yeah as we wrap up this convo you can debate trust and i think a lot of the kind of attackers on this coming from a high ground of trust with everything there's trade-offs there's no perfect solution there's trade-offs right If everyone was using open Ordex and signing from their node, there would be zero volume. But on the other hand, if people were using Ordswap, signing in with their ledger via MetaMask and creating a taproot address, look at that. Bam, fifth largest marketplace by volume. Am I saying we shouldn't start with the most fundamental view? No, I'm saying Leonidas has an excellent point about the jobs and Wozniaks of the world. They need to meet in the middle. What is the point of having something... That is nobody is using. Of course, we need to start right and build from the ground up with the most trustless solution. But where we're at right now is living in the middle. And I do believe it's going in the right direction. And it's easy to say that's not the perfect solution. But in order to even get into crypto, you have to use an on-ramp like a bank. So for one, you are essentially trusting someone. Every time you interact with OpenSea, you're trusting them not to just drain your wallet of all your assets there's a spectrum of trust. I want to get to the most trustless solution. I think we are going there, but there is a high level of friction. I'm not the most technical person, and I got hung up with signing the PSBT from Ord Wallet through my Bitcoin Core node. I eventually got there talking to a couple smarter people. But yeah, like people have been saying, not everyone's going to do that, and there would literally be like three bids right now if that was the case. So I just wanted to point that out. Like, it's easy to critique and criticize, but these are the tools we have. I do think they are improving at a rapid pace. I'm not too concerned about it. As long as people understand and we're raising awareness as we are, and people understand the mechanics behind it, knowing that is the only way to improve. I just want to comment
3: on the idea that like this sets a a bad precedent. And I think I strongly disagree with that. I think because I think Bitcoin maxis tend to like, Think about the dumbest person in the space being a, like, that's who they're worried about. They're like, oh, like, the dumb people, they're more likely to get scammed. It's okay, of course. And obviously, no offense to the dumb people out there. I really don't think that people are dumb. I think that's the point is, listen, this is Yuga, okay? This is not a random team here. And if you try to do the same thing where I'm going to send you Bitcoin, you're going to tell me you're going to send it back, and you're not Yuga, I'm just not going to participate. People are smarter than I think a lot of Bitcoin maxis give them credit for. And the irony is that if like people are so dumb that they can't like openly evaluate what is a scam and what is not for themselves, then like why are the tools so difficult to use? It's like misaligned here on like where we need to be helping people who are unsophisticated. We need to be helping people who are unsophisticated like in the UX department and not on like protecting them from scams. Like the whole point of like the leading edge of technology is that mostly smart people are attracted to be here, like mostly smart people who. Think that they have a higher level of expertise or skill are playing in this arena because it is so difficult to use today. And so I think that optimizing for protecting people who don't know any better, like people, give people more credit. Give people more credit that they're not going to participate, like in some, in sending someone randomly coin. As Oktoshi here joked, look them, look their PFP in the eyes, and tell me that you can just trust them. Well, there's a lot of smart people in this space and I agree with talking about it and being concerned about it, but I also think that you need to give people more credit for not being dumb.
9: Wanted to touch a little bit on like the actual mechanics of this auction or any auction. Right now we can do like trustlessly do reverse reverse dutch auctions. But Let's be honest. I love Dennis and I love what he's been working on. Reverse Dutch auctions suck. They don't really give you price discovery. You're just throwing it out there. I don't know. For a good example, the first, I guess the second ordinal ever ever inscribed is up for 100 Bitcoin. Regindal put that up there maybe as a joke or whatever, but still it's up there for 100 Bitcoin, but that doesn't give you any price discovery. You don't know if anybody's going to pay that. There's He just made a guess and threw out like, Maybe it's a hundred, but we don't know. It could have been a thousand. What's the, what is, what is the price that the market is willing to pay for one of these things? Reverse Dutch auction doesn't give you that at all. You pretty much just have to start at the top and then hopefully you were right. And nobody hits your first, no, nobody hits your first, your first quote or your first ask, I guess. So that's one, but there is a way, like there is a way to do trustless traditional auctions. It is technically possible. It's just the tooling is not there yet. Okay. Si, do you
10: want to chime in? We're going to start with the really easy, low-hanging fruit, like good things, because those are important, right? They targeted 300, which shows that they understand that inscriptions are not contracts on ETH, where you can drop a 10,000 like it's nothing. Here, they really demonstrated an understanding of the economics of it. So I think that, at the very least, they have good advisors in that capacity, right? So that's the core of this, is... I think they tried. Where the complaints are coming in stem from a lot of us think they didn't try as much as they could have. So to break down the auction itself, you have a tells or a terms of sales that includes caveats. Hey, if the gas prices are too high, we're going to keep your sats and contribute them towards a charity. In their terms of sales, the fee to return your sats will be taken from that pool right the problem with this is imagine we have a hundred thousand people who make a bid right and we only accept 288 of those what are gas fee error fees going to look like on the block where they try to refund eighty thousand people are we going to see people who put in a one million sat bid get wiped out or are we going to see people getting back significantly less than they're expecting there's these little concerns where it feels like they got advice or guidance from somebody who knew the economic side they decided not to challenge the technological side which i think is a flaw but we'll get into that separately but then they just have oddball things in there like their terms of sales expressly forbid anybody in a sanctioned area from owning these I don't know if any of you use Bitcoin like all of us in here do. That's not feasible. You can't be like, hey, you're not allowed to own a specific sat." So you you have a lot of oddities like that demonstrate that they, on one side, got good positive guidance. And then on the other side, just really didn't understand the space they were coming into. Nick, were you going to say something?
9: Yeah, the mechanics obviously it does leave itself open to a DOS vector, but you do have if you're DOSing the the auction, you end up paying. I mean, you're paying your own fees, so it's not doesn't really impact anything. And then of course the return ends up pay your own fee there as well. So yes, I mean, you cer- certainly possible, but and then of course the point you mentioned about sanctioned countries, like that's a. That's like a weird area where the regulatory environment of the world doesn't really match up with this decentralized protocol that we're working on, but... It is something that's necessary. Like pretty much every like commercial business in the US has similar language. And of course, we know that it's very hard to do. Like Luxor, we're a mining pool. We pay out all the time to different addresses. And really what we do is we just scan them through like the OFAC list and make sure that they're not sanctioned addresses. And then we send them at, we send out the transa- we send out the transactions. So if somebody creates a new address, it's not possible, it's not technically possible to know where those stats are going. But you have to have that legal disclaimer in your Like in the, you have to have that in there and every company pretty much has that anyway. So those are just a couple points on like logistical and legal concerns. But yeah, I think obviously we're, we're living in this weird world where like the decentralized finance of the internet is intersecting with the regulatory environment of the TradFi world.
10: Absolutely. do agree with you that the language is necessary, but I thought it was odd that they continued on to state that you're not allowed to own them. Because stating they're not allowed to participate in the auction, not allowed to have an OFAC receive address, both of those would make sense. But the continuation where they specifically state you cannot own them is just awkward in a Bitcoin world, right? Other than that, I fully agree. I understand the need for legal protections in this type of situation. It just doesn't feel like they fully understood the Bitcoin space. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're a company who's literally taking their first baby steps into the space.
3: I mean, again, for me, like the idea that this sets a precedent, I don't know, maybe. I mean, really, though, if you are someone with not a brand that that people trust, I don't think they're going to send you like Bitcoin not knowing you. And I think there's a contradiction in the idea that people are not smart enough to like evaluate the decision that's up front that they have to send Bitcoin to somebody's wallet here. They're not smart enough to evaluate if that's a risk they want to take. At the same time, they are smart enough to literally install a Bitcoin node and command line tool and to differentiate between different wallets that offer PSBTs or don't offer them or even know that a a PSBT auction is better. I just see a contradiction between these two ideas that people are not smart enough to evaluate their own financial risk that they're willing to take, but but they're not smart enough to do that, but
10: they are smart enough
3: to be able to deal with the technical complexity that involves in being involved in this space.
10: I picked up on two separate pieces here. First of all, the assessment of risk. I think we, most of us would agree, you guys not going to run away with anybody's money. That's a given, right? We'd all be incredibly shocked if they did. The problem with that is you are teaching users that this is an acceptable way to do things. And it only takes one bad actor in the future sneaking through for it to be a problem. However, you go back to the other side of things where you mentioned, hey, running a full node isn't easy. I believe Nick said, the tooling's not there yet, I believe would be the direct quote from a moment ago. Both of those are completely true statements, and that's a flaw on our end, not on you end. Like, yeah, I fully agree with Post when he says, yeah, this could have been done better. We could have used PSBTs. We could have used time locks. Actually, I believe I'm the one who said time locks. There's ways to structure this that we could have done better. But is it Yuga's fault for stepping in and going, wow, there's no tooling. We're going to run a auction. Or is it partially our fault as well for going, hey, we're going to get distracted building things that don't directly help companies come in and do it the right way?
2: I don't see anyone at fault for anything. I'm happy that this auction is happening. I'm happy it's happening in the way that it is. If we went back seven days in time to before this auction was announced and someone had asked me, hey, you have two options: either Yuga doesn't do an oral project or they do it, but the auction is going to be custodial, I would not think twice. I would be, hell yeah, do it now. Like, why are you waiting a week? Do it tomorrow. This is what we need. This is what we want. This is what all of us should want. And I'm, I couldn't be happier that this is happening in the exact way that it is happening. And the <laughs> we could say, oh, but if only they inscribed it before, they could have used PSBTs or they could have used whatever. It seems like there's a reason why they didn't inscribe it before, right? I think after the auction it will become obvious why they didn't inscribe it before. They're trying to do a specific thing. They're not trying to do another thing. <laughs> they're trying to do the thing that they're trying to do. And it's true that other people can do other things, and I'm happy that other people are going to do other things, but we want all of the that spectrum. We want to see all of those attempts. We want to see all of those experiments. Let's see how it plays out. Maybe it will be worth it that it wasn't inscribed before. Maybe people will be like, you know what, this is actually cool. I don't know. <laughs> let's wait and see. We don't have to participate. We don't have to bid. That's fine. But I'm very happy that it's happening. Very happy that it's happening.
3: I will just note that the uh, as of right now, the Bitcoin Ordinal Show is the new number one Ordcoin related Twitter spaces as of right now. And so let's go, uh, baby. As, woo! As I said, we are deciding the culture, the people are deciding the culture that we want to have going forward. And I would say that I think overwhelmingly what I've heard today, at least, is that people welcome what Yuga is doing in the space. And there are some feedbacks, but nobody thinks that Yuga is like the devil or Satan or should immediately F off and leave. Like we want Yuga and we want more people building in the space. We welcome everybody. And today is the beginning. Today is the opening chapter. And I think that our next topic will definitely talk about how we're not even at the, the end of the opening credits here for where this space is going to be going in the future and how many people from all walks of life are going to be able to come in here and participate in what the future culture of Bitcoin is going to be.
10: Love it. I think that very few people are going to condemn Yuga. It's more, and I mean, Yudi disagreed with me on this, but I think it's more a reflection of where we're at with our tech. They did the best they could with what we had available right that moment. Yeah, you'll get people like Post that will say, hey, they could have invested in a company that's building out PSBT wallet integration. Yeah, they could have, but they don't have faith in the space yet. So there's not a reason for them to do that yet. So I think the biggest thing is to acknowledge that, yes, this could have been done better. As long as somebody will agree with me on that, I can agree with them on Yuga isn't doing anything evil. They're doing the best thing with what they have.
5: We do have Wob on the stage. I'm curious as a founder who kind of was navigating this similar sort of thing a few weeks ago, what are your thoughts on that? Are the critiques valid? I'm just trying to get
11: somebody who's been in these shoes to share their perspective. Yeah, I have more of a pro-Yuga perspective. Again, I'm not like, I've not always been the greatest fan of Yuga, but for this particular thing, I don't think they've done anything particularly wrong. Their entire company is designed to do NFT drops. so I don't see any fundamental issue about them actually doing something on Bitcoin. I know there was some controversy towards that. And I also don't think that they have to be the ones investing in ecosystem infrastructure for every single move that they make. They make a lot of moves and having that expectation for them to be doing that when there's actually a community that's supposed to be building these tools and supposed to be building this infrastructure, right? I don't know why there's any emphasis really placed on them or expectation of that. Like, they've generated so much demand for the bitcoin ordinals ecosystem regardless of if you believe that to be true or not it is objectively true like they've, they're running the most hyped biggest auction that's ever existed on bitcoin ordinals so far and how they've gone about that you can question how the auction's been run and i know the otc thing is a bit or whatever you want to call it like the them collecting the bitcoins is up for debate but i just think it's a net win and i don't think everyone will have to follow the shoes following the shoes of you i think everyone's very clearly understood that this is not a good practice right this is not something that you should be doing and people are only okay with it because yuga is doing it and from yuga's lens like you have to understand that they need to move fast and they wanted to get in early to really establish their name and get a presence here and that's okay the tools weren't ready for them we ran into similar issues where there wasn't enough tooling for what we wanted to do so we had to switch so i don't think there's any issues on yuga's front i just think they've The big thing for the ecosystem that people aren't giving them credit for, of course, they're going to be incentivized by cash and they're doing it mostly for profit. There's so many ETH founders that I've seen that were hesitant to even look at Bitcoin because no one else had made a move. And now you've got Yuga validating it. Yeah, they haven't done the best practices, but now people have seen, Okay, if I do something with Bitcoin, people aren't going to call me a cash grabber or a scammer or a grifter. And I think that is more important than the small like issues and flaws with their auction system or how they're handling that. We also don't know if they're gonna use the particular way they're collecting the bitcoins for some sort of functionality within their art drop. I think some people are saying that they may inscribe to like the user's bit Satoshis or something. So we don't actually know. So I think it's it's very hard to critique right now. And I think if you're just looking at it from a net benefit or net angle, right. They've done a really big deal, here, and I, I don't think they've necessarily got enough credit. It's the number one crypto leader like in the NFT industry doing an experimental art drop on Bitcoin ordinals, which is an incredibly new technology. I, d- I don't know what more you could really expect. Well, I
10: mean, on Casey's side of things, he's very principled in that he's not willing to accept less than trustlessness. And from that viewpoint, I can understand it. Maybe there's a softer way to phrase things, but we can get into that separately, but Casey's going to do the way he wants to approach it with that in mind, I agree with Wob for the most part that they came into the space. They brought a product that people will want. And that has an immense amount of value for those who want to be involved in speculative acquisition of NFT slash art assets on chains. With that in mind, I do think that they could have gained more value and we could have gained more out of it if it was delayed even a couple weeks. The tooling would be further along. We as a community would potentially be more developed and be ready to handle that level of focus suddenly being on a a single specific project.
11: You can say they could wait a few weeks, but there's no guarantee when the technology will come out. Like It's very hard to gauge when the specific systems that they would need would come into play, and they can't necessarily hedge entirely on that.
1: I want to jump in here and just say I think everyone's had great takes and that's been an engaging conversation. I want to take a step back and just acknowledge Yuga is welcome in this space. I think this move is absolutely huge. I think it's just important to focus on the positives here. And uh, we have Frank here, and I just want to get his take on being owned by Casey on Twitter this morning.
12: I mean, I got the ratio. Technically speaking, I did the quote tweet. I got the ratio, but no, I mean, look, dude, I think that Casey's a fucking weird guy. I'm not going to hold back on that. I just think that, like, he's done such a good job on this protocol thing, but I just hope that he can't nuke it, and that's all that I tweeted yesterday was like, hey, maybe you should just make clear, dude, it's really cool that you have opinions. Just make clear, like, your opinions aren't going to affect, I guess, like, the thing that everyone likes with ordinals. But I'm not, dude. It's just another day in the simulation that is crypto Twitter. You got this guy dancing on with his fucking feet for a four minute video and then flicking off the camera. I mean, yeah. What else do you expect from the guy that made like Bitcoin NFTs, I guess?
1: I think it's hard to have a public figure behind any kind of movement. And like Udi tweeted with Vitalik kind of saying, I don't like NFTs, that's not what it's meant for. You can't really control that. And back to Trevor's point, the culture is going to do what it's going to do. The free market is going to do what it's going to do. I like that the auction is just that. It's an auction. It's not a fixed price. like People might accuse it of a cash grab. They're literally letting the free market decide the value. And I think that's pretty cool.
5: Yeah, agreed. I Just as someone looking to maybe collect a few of these the fact that there wasn't some giant jumping through hoops of this person to get on whitelist or this sort of thing i mean there's only 300 pieces it would have been like very difficult to do this any way other than an auction or a dutch auction or a reverse Dutch au- auction or something so i'm just happy they did an auction and i mean again just i think we're all in agreement it would have been nice if they did it trustlessly it's just the tech i mean i think Sai said it well like we have to take some responsibility as a space just to if we do want creators to do something we need to hand them, like hold their hand, right? It's really hard to expect a company that I mean they're really good at building IP. They're really good at creating these like really interesting projects and releasing them, curating these communities. And I'm sure they didn't have a Bitcoin team until <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. So it's you. I just I have to cut them some slack. It's like I. The expectations just can't be like sky high with the Bitcoin Ordinals tech for literally anything right now. We've had wallets for a few weeks, a few marketplaces for a few weeks. You just can't, you can't be expecting the moon in the first month. That's my thought. Trevor and then inside and Frank.
3: Yeah, I would just say that I think you guys definitely getting the better part of this exchange because I mean, we've been talking about it on Twitter spaces for almost going on five or six hours now. And I think people have been talking about it. Last night on Twitter space I went to sleep. I heard there were a bunch of Twitter spaces people talking about it. And so it does it feels bad that Casey said these things and the way he went about it. Casey also tweeted like Stacks is a shit coin or an Affinity scam. And I've talked to Casey directly and he's as that's his opinion. And I also he's also said that nobody needs his permission to be in the Ornals ecosystem. So he has said that point blank that this is a decentralized ecosystem. Nobody needs his permission. And he doesn't expect to gatekeep anybody other than maybe making his opinions known very clearly. So I don't expect like Casey to go further than just expressing his uh, trolling in a maybe over- extreme way. But at the end of the day, after he was saying stacks is a shit coin and an affinity scam. I mean, everybody knows it ripped like 4X later. So I wouldn't be worried if I was Yuga. And I think if anything, they've gotten like a much better exposure and literally everybody talking about this for the past 24 hours. So there's like good and the bad. And maybe that was even Casey's move. Who knows? Maybe he intentionally did this because he wanted to create drama to keep ordinals at the front of the attention. But I do hope that in, in the future that uh, maybe tone it down just a little bit.
10: I wanted to respond to what Billy said. I know you're arguing in proxy. For Udi, so I won't attribute those stances to you. To claim that Yuga has had more impact on this space than even just the people in here, if we discard everybody outside the space right now, is at most negligent. And I'll explain the logic behind that. We just had Leonidas say, we have to cut them some slack. You can't both be at the cutting edge of making this space better and those who are in the space who are making it better... like. Leonidas himself has been a massive influencer in building this space, both as a community, like we what we just flipped a major Bitcoin space. And that's not by accident. That's Trevor and Leo building a community of people here. The tech, Yuga may have brought a product and I commend them for that, but you can't claim that they've done more for the space than Orin has. So to say that they are somehow the thing that's built this space and they've contributed the most is at best a fallacious argument and at worst undermines the value that people have actually built, many of whom are in this space right now.
1: Yeah, and I'll quickly say, you know, what everyone has built in this space over the past four weeks and Casey tinkering with this as far as five months, six months plus back. Yeah, not to belittle that, there's been so much value and I I prioritize that over this. I think Udi would just say it is what it is. Love them, hate them. They are bringing a lot of attention to the space. And I think that's going to give us all opportunity to build and get people going in the right direction. There's people in the Unordinals Discord that are helping eight members get set up with Xverse. And I think that's just a really great intersection between Maybe the ETH NFT world and the Bitcoin ordinal world. And yeah, of course, it's not to say to belittle the value being built from, let's say, us here in the space. It's been tremendous. And I think we're invaluable. It just is what it is. They're one of the largest players in Web3 and they're shining a light. Ultimately, it's a net. It's better than no large company joining the space. And I think people are learning a lot from this auction and just about ordinals in general, which I think is great.
5: Appreciate that, Billy. Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I don't like these comparisons at all by any side, to be honest, of who has contributed more. It's just a little bit of a silly like argument to have. Ultimately, Yuga plays a very different role in this ecosystem than I would or Trevor would or something. So it's just very different things to compare. And the reality is just Yuga is has a massive amount of influence and is at scale. And I guess like maybe the counterpoint I would say if to, to a Bitcoiner who maybe doesn't, could care less about the art or this sort of thing. Basically, it's more just the validation that a very large brand would s- basically see value here. Like ultimately, I think the legacy of that, of this drop is that Yuga came in early and took a swing at the bat here and validated this protocol. Before, there's <laughs> people like Frank and Wab did this as well, by the way. Just It's not just Yuga, but it's hard to put your company's brand name on the line and do something like this. And I think that's the legacy of this is that they were early here basically and did this and did make the attempt. And ultimately the ripple effects of that are that other artists will come in, other brands will come in and venture capitalists are probably more likely to fund the builders in this space that maybe Cy and other Bitcoiners do really care about these teams building the wallets in the marketplaces. So ultimately, I genuinely just do believe it's in that good for the space, even if you don't like the NFT kind of drop aspect. But again, these are very valid points. And I think the silver lining here is that, like, we're having a conversation around trustlessness, and that's becoming part of the culture. So if we do want to thank Casey for anything other than creating ordinals, it would be that he is principled and has values. I think we all just disagree for the most part about his communication style. So I want to say, Frank, I would love to hear your take here. And then I think it's Brad and Trevor.
12: Yeah, I think it's the, all the controversy is just good. It's good for the protocol. It's good for the growth. The engagement's good. So, yeah, I feel like this would have been probably more quiet if Casey didn't spaz out on the timeline. I just, yeah, happy, glad that he did. <laughs> yeah, Brad.
13: Yeah, that conversation around, do you guys think that the NFT culture, which a lot of Bitcoin maximalists and people like myself find a little bit cryptarded. Do you think that's going to affect Bitcoin culture more so? Or do you think that Bitcoin sort of long-term thinking Bitcoin is the unit of account. This is, we're here to fix money. Do you think that that will leach into NFT culture in crypto or like, how do you, how do you see this shaking out?
12: I want to talk about what Brad's saying. Cause I actually think it's much bigger impact than just on Bitcoin. So I think that what's cool right now, what's happening You're seeing digital assets, digital goods being priced in Bitcoin. And I think part of Bitcoin being unit of account, obviously, is the main mission, which is being the global reserve, the currency of the world. And I think we're on track for that. I think that's obviously most smart people agree is going to take a long time. I think in the meantime... I just think that Bitcoin is better to denominate every single NFT in the world. Like it is the best, like it is literally the best currency to denominate all the different NFTs because you mix both getting crypto exposure also alongside having something that is arguably a lot more stable. And I mean, it's just a bigger number, right? So just, oh, it's just one Bitcoin, like that unit bias, could lead to some bags going up as well for the more DGEN people in the audience. But yeah, I mean, overall, I think that this is a step towards the right direction of Bitcoin being used to denominate not just things on Bitcoin, but also just all digital assets and things on the internet as well, which, I mean, even if you're the most hardcore Bitcoin maxi, you have to agree that is something that is good for the future of Bitcoin. If you don't like the current implementation, that's fine. But you do want to see things priced in Bitcoin over the long term. And why not start with things on the internet? Why not start with digitally native assets?
13: I totally agree with you there. And just curious of your thoughts, though, on the culture comment. What do you think is going to happen there? Because right now there's, I don't know if you guys see it or not, because you're in the space, but like looking outside into the NFT culture, there's it's even on the Bitcoin NFT stuff, it's not as bad. Like the counterparty people. You never hear counterparty people talking about like making 10Xs, or at least you don't often hear like the utility value, the community vibes. It seems like there's a lot of like cult building happening in the NFT space. And I wonder if that's gonna be reduced.
12: I love this question, Brad, because I th- here's my crazy out there thesis, but I think you'll see it happen in 2023. I think Swan is gonna launch their own ordinals. I think that all these other like big Bitcoin companies are gonna launch ordinal projects. Because it's a no-brainer, and it's a good way to just rally your internal base in your community, and maybe they nobody will ever sell it, and it's just something that they get to, to Dude, hold. Dude, they're
13: doing it now, except it's not ordinals; it's Noster badges. People are creating Noster badges, Bitcoiners. It's like soulbound tokens almost on on Noster. So this yeah, is I
12: the point. I think it's a primitive Brad that is actually so good for the culture. And honestly, man, I'm I i do not think the rest of the NFT space is ready to see Bitcoin like maxis and that community activate because it's an incredibly strong community and you give them like a symbol or a digital like way to represent their identity they're gonna go fucking spaz on it bro they're gonna there's gonna be scoreboards for people that dunk on the most shit coiners whatever like the bitcoin maxi culture is gonna get excited about are
13: you on nostril yet frank
12: dude i need to get on there no you gotta
13: go check it out because they're already doing that shit it's pretty funny
12: yeah, I'm gonna get under. I think this weekend. I'm pretty pumped. Uh, I got my. I'm not at the house where I have my node, so I'm gotta. I gotta get a fucking raspberry pi. I'm waiting for it. Oh,
13: you don't need a node for Nostra. You can just download Albi. Oh, yeah. or, or See, any. When I'm in a Bitcoin
12: Maxi space, they just they're like, "Yo, you need the full node." You know how it is. So okay, that's good to hear. I'll look it up.
13: Thank you. Actually, if you have an iPhone, just download Domus on the App Store. It's just a, an app on the
1: App Store. Yeah, I think Noster might actually be the future, to be honest. It's been around for a long time, but I just finally created my private and pub key. And it's pretty exciting. You don't need a blockchain necessarily for Web3 to actually connect with people with the social network. So I'm super excited about that. And Brad, super appreciate the question. I think it's super valid. For me, being a Bitcoiner since 2015 and also being an artist, I moved. Bitcoin has always been my bank and Ether was like my spending account. And just dropping art, there were more opportunities on Ethereum at the time and more development, frankly. So it's been exciting to come home for me. And I think I don't mind the cultures mixing, but we can't pretend that people didn't come to Bitcoin for number go up technology. A lot of it is speculative, but my hope is to get people over to Bitcoin. 30% of our community have burned their ETH claim passes for ordinal shards and they've received the ordinal. So that's pretty exciting and my hope is to onboard more people to Bitcoin and then over time, get them excited about sound money and kind of all the macro implications that maybe we all love. And that's my goal. And I think it's not a bad thing to mix the cultures up and just have something exciting on Bitcoin for once. I would just say
3: on on Brad's comment, I don't know why you framed it in a mutually exclusive way. Bitcoin culture versus ordinal culture. I think that the whatever it is, like ordinals is probably rewriting the culture because it's in getting a lot of more people to come in like the more bitcoin grows the more sorry trevor i changed.
13: meant nft culture like from other blockchains like the current nft culture of building your community and having this sort of like cultiness and like here's the utility and like all the vibe stuff is that gonna affect like how is that gonna merge up like with bitcoin culture <laughs> it's just a weird so uh... I, I
12: spend so much of time thinking about this because i actually think the bitcoin maxi Like that group, and like I mentioned earlier, I used to work at Swan, close to the guys at full, a lot of these different Bitcoin companies. It's so strong. If Bitcoin was an NFT project, it would also dominate as an NFT project. I mean, you can go to any city in the world, And find like other Bitcoiners. You can They do all these meetups all the time. They're in spaces all day talking. There's all this content happening. And it's all about Bitcoin. I mean, this is something that NFT projects like dream about. I do think, man, like simple fucking level though. It's cool with Bitcoin because it's much harder to do like these scams where you promise a lot. Because with smart contracts, technically the limit is like infinity, right? But with Bitcoin, because it's so constrained... I think that you're going to have a harder time seeing people like do, oh, we're going to build this massive metaverse game. So we need to raise like a ton of money or whatever. So I think that the future of the culture of inscriptions just based on the limitations of technology could actually just be very different from what we see in NFT culture. But again, like it's just the I think that there's just missing that one inflection point. If Maxis like figure this stuff out, they're going to be so good at it. They're going to drop bangers. I, I really think so. It's going to be really powerful.
5: All right, we're going to check back at New Year's, Frank.
12: I can't wait. Swan's going to have one for <laughs> sure. No doubt, bro. I feel, yeah, you're either going to be really right on that one or really wrong. I don't think there's much of an in-between there. That's yes. why they're not saying anything, though, Leo. Like, n- None of them are like really tweeting about it. Like, None of them are really like going after it because they know they don't want to get dragged out that tweet that they had from back in the day where they're <laughs> shitting on it. I'm shocked at how few poor Bitcoin maxis are like, if this was something on Ether or whatever, it, dude, they would talk about it ad nauseum. How many people are retweeting the Gary Gensler article over and over again of Bitcoin is the only thing? It's not a security. Nobody's out here doing the same. With, I mean, some people are, but very few people are doing it with Ordinals. It's just something interesting to watch, bro. I think they're going to drop some Ordinals. <laughs>
5: <laughs> we will see. Psy, go for it.
10: Yeah, rapid-fire responses for Frank, Brad, and Billy here. Frank, as for building leaderboards, I am building one for Teleburns currently. Should potentially be live at the end of the week, is the goal currently. Because, you know, the best way to poke the bear and shake the hornet's nest is encourage people to burn eat the NFTs, right?
12: I love Um, it. I love it, sir. Let's fucking go.
10: Also tooling to make it easier to do your own Teleburns. Currently, you have to compile a pull request. Yeah, we're going to try to make that a little bit easier so we can get people going that direction billy as for Nostra, i believe as you were talking about there is actually a proof of concept ordinals integration for Nostra already People relays are running it definitely recommend checking it out and then brad you brought up both culture and numbers go up bitcoin is a numbers go up machine already like we may deny it we say it's the best hard money but the reason a lot of people stack sats is because the numbers go up if it was a losing proposition to stack sats the number of people that would do so would be like all four of us who are hardcore about cryptography even at personal losses so it's already a numbers go up machine as for building culture i think that you got everybody's been doing awesome at creating this culture that's a weird hybrid between like somewhere between bitcoin maxis and just pure degen nonsense and i love where we're at right now and i hope we can keep pushing that direction
3: I was just going to say, I think the culture of Bitcoin is almost guaranteed to change like no matter what, as long as we like reach mass adoption, like culture, like the more people that you have, like you, the more the culture is going to be reflective of everybody who's in a community. And I think that the goal, like who cares about the culture, like the goal is the is mass adoption of Bitcoin at the end of the day. And with in order to get there, like Bitcoin is only 20 million monthly active users right now. In for comparison, Twitter is 400 million monthly active users i mean for twitter to get to a billion is going to be really hard for bitcoin it's not going to scale to try and orange pill every single person and try to open their mind to like being self sovereign and like the problems with government and like all these things are not going to scale what's really going to scale is number one ux user experience if you look at any startup after product market fit they literally spend 10,000 hours just on user experience going over sign up flows and removing friction from using a product. There's a lot of friction still in the Bitcoin space, running nodes, et cetera. Like we have to improve the UX. And then secondly, new use cases. If you look at the innovation adoption life cycle, like all of the academic literature on how innovative products grow, they have to have multiple product market fits. You have have basically an upward trend graph, like an S curve where it accelerates and then it matures and growth sort of goes down And then what happens is a new use case and product market fit is unlocked and you see the adoption spike up again and start to grow again. And so things like ordinals, things like the sovereign roll-ups that we're talking about with Mustafa up here and Celestia, these new use cases are what are going to create that next S-curve for Bitcoin where adoption goes through the roof and that's how we're going to get to a billion users. It's not going to be by only having one use case. Frank said the fact that this Bitcoin can now be used to buy digital goods with the price being done in Bitcoin is going to increase when adoption, it's going to be more things priced in Bitcoin going forward. And so the more use cases that we have, that growth is going to unlock. We have to go from 20 million to a billion. Okay. Twitter only has to go from 400 million to a billion. We have to go 50 X just to get to Twitter level. And then we have to go to a billion. And the faster we do that, the better.
11: And then Frank. Yeah. So I just wanted to touch on the bit about like NFT communities being cults and almost looking at this as this is like an ethereum exclusive kind of thing i don't believe it is right i think community and these in quotes cults come around when people just really care about something and every community can be (laughs) defined as a cult if you want to shape it that way and i think ordinals themselves even with the native builders like these once people have heavy conviction in these and they really care about these collections and these ordinals you're going to see a similar sort of effect that's happened in the Ethereum community. And once the cream rises to the top, people are going to get very cultish about which are the best ordinals and, and defend their bags really heavily. And, you know, I think over time, there's just going to be subsects and different cults for different people, right? And you can argue that belief in Bitcoin being like the global reserve is a cult as well, right? And I think Maxis should, shouldn't should be focusing on trying to shape these different cultures and these different communities and more so just focus on including education about bitcoin into the onboarding ux for these new communities that start cropping up so at least like the people who are building on bitcoin have some education on what bitcoin is about and i think that's the most you can do and you shouldn't be resistant to that sort of change or these new types of people entering the ecosystem because they will come And to be honest, there's even stranger communities out there outside of NFT communities, to be honest. But yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Very solid points, Flab. Frank.
12: My next wild thesis here. I think Michael Saylor will own the most expensive Bitcoin ordinals by the end of the year because I've been following Michael Saylor. He's the one that got me into crypto and Bitcoin in the first place. The first time about Bitcoin was like literally the day after they announced that they had bought it because I was like, awesome big fucking business guy got in. Little did I know the rabbit hole that I would go down after that. But no, I think if you look at him, dude, he's this man's buying like Bitcoin shit all the time. This guy has like a, I think he commissioned for a few hundred thousand dollars this massive thing that he has in the back of his all of his videos. It's like a time dial with Bitcoin on it or something like that. And so I'm like, dude, you tell me this guy's not gonna buy some Bitcoin collectibles? Of course he is. So. I think, again, a lot, the culture is still forming today, but I would not be shocked if a lot of the biggest Bitcoin people end up wanting to own digitally native, Bitcoin native assets on top of Bitcoin itself. And again, I don't think that it has to be what people worry that it is, which is like this scammy culture, which I think is a big part of NFTs today, because I think that the focus will just be. On the, I think the focus will be on like just what it is, right? Which is inscribing, which is art, etc. And I think it's hard to see a project do well that's going to promise too much. And typically, it's the false promises that I think both maxis get upset about, but also NFT consumers get upset about. So I think it's gonna be a different market. Yeah, I, if we come back, I have a really interesting story about my girlfriend and what she inscribed on the blockchain because I think it's just pretty powerful. So. My girlfriend, her mom passed away a few years ago and she's super into crypto and all this stuff. So she's in this whole scene and she heard about ordinals and without me even there, she told me one day she inscribed a picture of her mom on the blockchain, on Bitcoin, because it would just be there forever. And I thought, damn, it's a very niche thing, but there's something that's really powerful, I think, even to mainstream consumers about this idea of putting a file somewhere, putting an image somewhere that it's going to really genuinely last forever. And uh, man, I don't know. There's something that's there. It's not un, It's not discovered yet. But there's something that's powerful there that I don't think is gonna go away. And I think Trevor's the one that explained it to me best back in the day. Like the Bitcoin block space being valuable is the genie is now out of the fucking bottle. 244 gigabytes a year. That's so tiny in the grand scheme of things. I think that people are gonna constantly be bidding on the Bitcoin block space from now. To the rest of time, regardless of ordinals, regardless of whatever happens with this fucking Yuga thing or whatever, the genie's out of the bottle. People want Bitcoin block space. That is fucking great for Bitcoin.
5: You bring up a great point there because we often confuse the, we conflate the inscription with the ordinal. And these are actually two different things. The ordinal, for people listening who don't know, the ordinal is the ownership layer, the ownership token. And the inscription is a file that's being uploaded to Bitcoin to basically be stored as long as Bitcoin's running. And yeah, I agree. I think the really exciting stuff is going to come with the inscription aspect of that. And I've also, I'm not going to say who, but someone basically told me that they were on the rooftop in Brooklyn and watched 9-11 happen. And they have this picture of the plane, the second plane hitting the towers, and they actually never shared it. And they decided to inscribe that onto Bitcoin just because they thought it was something that's important to basically put out there. And they felt like that was the appropriate medium to do it. And They're not selling it. They're not going to use like the ordinal aspect of it, right? It's not about financializing that or something. It's really about this is a powerful new database for our civilization. And I do agree. I think we're just kind of tapping into what it means to have an immutable database. Trevor, go for it.
3: Yeah, I did invite Domo up here who made an awesome dune.xyz dashboard about the Marketplaces and the volumes currently on Ordinals, and so I want to give him just a chance to like share with us some of the data that he has been seeing about the marketplaces on Ordinals.
14: Thanks, Trevor. It was actually a funny story on how I decided to make this. Someone from a top five Ethereum marketplace DM me, wondering if this was possible to track, and I looked into it and did a couple of test transactions on the main marketplaces to try and replicate it, and had some fun doing so. And I think what's the most interesting thing to me is how different each solution is doing it from the Emblem Vault method to each coin native platforms method. So had some fun tracking it there. I think the biggest thing for me, the most interesting thing outside of the actual marketplaces competing against each other, is to see which blockchain wins out. Because right now the volume is really split 50-50 between Bitcoin native marketplaces and then Ethereum marketplaces using Emblem technology. So I think that's going to be interesting to to track, and then I think within the next day or so we're going to see a Yuga god candle like we did with other side meta on at least one of these marketplaces. So it'll really be see, interesting to see who wins out on the second view marketplace there, because I think one will will capture the dominant share of that volume. Agree. I'm interested to see as well. It's, we are having like I think
5: somebody tweet, I think it was you tweeted that we were, we're having a marketplace wars between poor and Open Sea. But Ordinals are having their own like mini version of this as well right now. And I, like, I've gotten to talk to all these teams. Many of the people on stage have gotten to talk to all these teams. They're all like really talented people. And ultimately, I think it, it's amazing for the ecosystem that we have many developers building marketplaces. The concern a few weeks ago was that nobody was going to want to build these.
3: Yeah, I'd say, Domo, I see one of your tweets that says that there's already been 6 million in marketplace volume, which took OpenSea 14 months to achieve. We're in month one right now. Is that six million total volume so far? And when you say it took OpenSea fourteen months, like can you like add a little context to that?
14: Sure. And you just reminded me, there's one mistake I found in the dashboard so far. So Open Ordex has about double amount of trades that I put there. So I plan to fix that as soon as possible. The six million is just all marketplaces across both Ethereum and Bitcoin. And for the OpenSea stat, I used the most popular dashboard on Dune, the OpenSea dashboard, and then I saw a monthly cumulative volume and tracked it It was like 14 or 15 months from their first trade. And for reference, that occurred like summer 2019.
3: Oh, that's crazy. Awesome. Thank you for that context.
14: Let's just go to ZK. Let's let
5: ZK fucking wrap this up. All right. Uh, Okay. ZK, you get the final word here. And we're calling it. Yo,
0: that's an honor. Coming from frankly, nice and Trevor, the Ordinal crew. Yeah, I think it's a great day. Obviously, like auction mechanics, people have a lot to say there. But I think the real takeaway from today should be like everyone thinks about where this was a month ago, how far the ecosystems come in that short amount of time, how many builders are excited to build now. And just the attention, Bitcoin, decentralization, everything is getting. It's like a mint, the mint never goes perfect. I think like you got to give you good credit for kind of just jumping down and doing getting involved with Ordinals. And I'm just super bullish on the space. Everyone involved, like these spaces are going crazy. The communities are really getting closer together. People are really thinking creatively. And yeah, it's just a cool time to be in crypto. I'll leave it there.
5: Awesome. Really appreciate everyone for coming. Go follow the Ordinal show. This has been an amazing space, all-time high for listeners. We will be back Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We are at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Mondays. Have a great day, everybody. And that guys, don't
3: up. forget to follow our Substack. We'll see you Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. ET. Love all you guys. What a great show.